Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. All right. The Rise of Skywalker. It is now in theaters. I've had a chance to see it for the first time. And this episode is going to be first reactions. So here we go. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and yes, this is a full spoiler podcast for The Rise of Skywalker. Not in the sense that I'm going to tell you all the secrets of The Rise of Skywalker in this episode just to, you know, go blah and get them off my chest or anything like that. No, just saying that I am not putting limits on myself for talking about The Rise of Skywalker with this episode, so... If you haven't seen it and don't want anything spoiled for you, then by all means save this episode for a later date. But if you're okay with me talking about the movie and potentially venturing into spoiler territory, well then, let's go. So, first impressions. Um, I will tell you that I saw it with the entire family and Scorekeeper Declan and Brainstormer Lonnie both said that it was their favorite of the Star Wars movies. Straight off the bat, first reactions like, this is our favorite. Uh, Quizmaster Joe was not so knocked over by it and said that there were actually a lot of things that bothered him about it. I personally enjoyed it and said, you know, the first thing I said to Lonnie was, I have lots of questions. And the really interesting thing about it that she said to me as part of us, you know, talking about it afterward was that we're in a place right now where just culturally speaking, People are going to watch movies and then if they are really interested in it, they're going to go online, they're going to read articles about it, they're going to read people's tweet streams about it, they're going to find out more. And so Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker has almost perfectly constructed in that way to drive people to go online and to discuss all of these things because it is really densely packed. I mean, it is a lot. I saw Chris Taylor, who wrote How Star Wars Conquer, uh, Conquered the Universe, had a tweet where he did the master and servant thing from Depeche Mode, where he's like, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot, like life. Uh, that whole lyric. Anyway, um, they really do pack a lot into what is the longest Star Wars movie, and yet... I did say, and I wasn't the only one of the four of us who said that, you know, we almost wished it was longer because we wouldn't have minded a little bit more time taking over some of the reveals and, you know, story points that were in the movie. Like, yeah, give us a little bit more information. Don't necessarily just breeze by it. But that may be purposeful. It may be because the notion is let's reward people who want to watch this two, three, four, eight, sixteen times and you know let them realize that there are deeper things that they can be catching if they are paying attention and giving it repeated viewings so that it will reward you for repeated viewings. There were things that did just seem to go by so fast that I was like, ugh, can't quite grab onto it. Wish I had a little more time to process. The opening crawl for me had me set up well, and I do think that the Palpatine reveal is done well enough that it basically says, okay, if you want to get on this train and you're just going to ride it, then yes, you can absolutely ride it. I think back to, and I even mentioned this not too long ago on the podcast, Larry Kasdan's 
talk about The Force Awakens being a very fast ride, that it moves like a son of a gun, and that's certainly what Terrio and Abrams were working for the script. They wanted it to move like a son of a gun, and then some. And so if you are able to just let go and go for the ride and not think too hard about what happened with Palpatine and why he's here, well, then you can definitely go on for the ride. But even that, even that, you still kind of want to think about it. And I think that's where, you know, I got a little, a little shanghai in it in a way. Like I wanted to have a moment or two to think about it. And yet you really don't get that as you're going through the movie. So you need time, you need repeated viewings. There's a lot to digest from this movie. And there are things revealed where the reveal requires more reveals to really complete the reveal basically is how I'm trying to process this one. So the business about Rey being the granddaughter of Palpatine, right? We know that means that Palpatine had a kid, at least one at some point, and we actually get to see that kid on screen, though we don't know if it was Ray's dad or Ray's mom, who is actually the child of Palpatine, but clearly he had a kid, which means he had a kid with someone. Or perhaps, I suppose, it's possible that he, you know, did some midichlorian manipulation, so maybe there wasn't a Mrs. Palpatine around or anything like that. Hard to say, but it just opens up the doors to, whoa, he had a kid? Like, what was that parental situation like? Raising someone for, you know, oh gosh, I'm thinking of like Scott and Dr. Evil, basically. <laughs> like, Scott! <laughs> you know? I mean... Oh, there's just so much unanswered based on that one reveal that would have to get you to that point. And so, uh, yeah, that was a, a little bit challenging for me. I will say that I do agree with what I had heard in critics' reviews about it being visually dazzling and action-packed and the performances of Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley being on point. Yes, that definitely is the case. And I also think, comedically, their use of C-3PO this time around was possibly the best use of 3PO since The Empire Strikes Back. That was really well done. I also liked them pulling the Marion Ravenwood trick with Chewie, which I then had to explain to my family because I didn't realize it's been that long since they'd seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, but that scene where they stuff Marion into the back of the truck and Indy thinks that the truck has exploded with her in it and so he thinks oh my gosh she's dead and it turns out that it was the wrong truck it was a different truck well same thing with Chewie and I was like they killed Chewie and did it in a way that was utterly and completely shocking and you know I had my disbelief there but it didn't occur to me that they would have pulled the Marion Ravenwood situation on me but I was sitting in the theater going I can't believe that's how Chewie ended. That's crazy. And so it was definitely a relief for them to have shown him on board the First Order Star Destroyer. Like, oh, okay, all right, good, thank you. And speaking of Chewie and death, where I lost it in the theater, where I had to keep myself from like going, <laughs> welling up was when Chewie, you know, fell to his knees in grief after finding out that Leia had died and then getting the medal from Maz, like, oh my gosh, 
those were emotional moments for me at least. Uh, yeah, that was beautiful on both counts. But like I said on the show the other day, I am kind of finding it a little difficult to not be in my head. I mean, those couple of moments that were emotional in the movie, like they were definitely emotional and I was able to connect with it. But I had been saying to Lonnie prior to it that I wanted to do the best that I possibly could do to be able to experience the movie just as a fan, like not with the whole commitment of the podcast behind me and thinking, okay, whatever I'm doing here, I have to be thinking about it in terms of the podcast. No, I wanted to be able to experience this as a fan the best I could, which, you know, ultimately <laughs> I'm bringing it here to you anyway, but I think you know what I mean, like, you know, just to have one viewing of it for me. And I think I got there, and I'm going to go see it tomorrow with scorekeeper Declan a second time. He is very psyched that he's getting to go again. And I'm very psyched that he's psyched, because ultimately, that's what it's about. Like, this kid said it was his favorite of all the Star Wars movies, and he is in the target audience for it. And, you know, maybe a little younger in the skew, too, right? So, that... I think is a highly encouraging thing, even in light of all the critics' reviews and whatnot, because he hasn't been reading Rotten Tomatoes, so he has no idea. He's just going in and experiencing it, and so far, so good. Um, I will say that there were two funny questions that Lonnie asked me about. We see, you know, I said I have so many questions, which. We will talk about here on the show over the course of time, but um, Lonnie said, I just have two, and I'll share those with you after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Razor. I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7, and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So Lonnie's take was twofold. She said, there's only two things I want to know. Number one, why couldn't they show Carrie Russell's whole face? And <laughs> they just had the moment where, you know, you could see her eyes and that was it. You know, she didn't take off her helmet at the end of the movie. So that way there could be some actual eye contact between Poe and Carrie Russell. But, you know, that was a fun scene regardless. That, you know, whole back and forth thing that was done very well. But yeah, why... Couldn't they show her face? That was kind of odd. And also, <laughs> that final celebration, Lonnie's take was, you know, why are they celebrating just in the middle of a bunch of ferns? <laughs> to which then Scorekeeper Ducklin says, between two ferns, right? <laughs> if you're familiar with the Zach Galifianakis web series, yeah, that's a whole other animal entirely. And not always appropriate, too, so just, you know, fair warning. But... <laughs> <laughs> be that as it may. Yeah, like, why didn't they get to a place where they had a little bit more space to move around and celebrate instead of being clumped in the middle of the forest? But I guess that's where they had to be able to hang out. Incidentally, I don't think I've seen the name of that planet where they were hanging out yet, but I can't remember if we talked about this in an episode prior to now, but according to Battlefront 2, that planet is going to be added to the pantheon of planets in which you can play in Battlefront 2, but they made a point of saying that it is a brand new, never seen before planet, which means that it can't be Yavin 4 because we've seen Yavin 4 and they have Yavin 4 
as a playable environment in Battlefront 2 already, so it has to be another planet entirely, a brand new place, which is kind of cool in its way as well. And there you go. That's where I'm going to leave the initial spoiler reactions to The Rise of Skywalker because, yeah, I'm just, I'm filled with questions and it's only going to take more viewings to be able to start answering them. And so it's time to start getting some of those viewings in. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.